This is HPR episode 2771 entitled Embedding Hidden Text in DJVU Files. It is posted by Klaatu and is about 41 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is part 2 of Klaatu's DJVU miniseries. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey everybody, you're listening to Hacker Public Radio, this is Klaatu, and this is an episode about Deja Vu. Remember way back in episode 2767, I was talking about Deja Vu, and Deja Vu, if you don't remember, is a paperless document format. It is a way to put images into sort of a bundle together, so that you have pages of of a document that are individual images and it has storage for metadata and things like that so you could you could apply a bookmark list like an outline to your deja vu file and i also mentioned in that episode that there was a way to embed text into a deja vu but i'd never had the occasion to do that and so i wasn't going to cover it but that if i ever had the occasion to do it i would certainly let you know guess what I had the occasion to do that. And so I'm letting you know how to do it. And there's another... In the previous episode, 2767, I talked about manually building one of these things, the Deja Vu file, using, as you'll recall, CJB2 and C44 to encode your images into Deja Vu files, into individual Deja Vu files, and then DJVM to take a group of one or more Deja Vu files and bundle it in to a multi-page document. You may recall that I kind of mentioned at the end of that episode that it was all a very manual process, and it might... I think I mentioned this. I meant to mention, if I didn't, at the end of that episode, that it was a manual process, that the way I'd done it, and that uh, there are certain conveniences uh, on your operating system or your, your set of applications of choice that probably don't favor Deja Vu, and instead favor more popular paperless document formats like, well, the portable document format called PDF. So it's a little bit of a... It it can be difficult to get really sort of entrenched into Deja Vu because everything's sort of defaulting to PDF. And I have something to say about that and a tool to help you navigate around that. So first we're going to talk about the manual method of applying text to a Deja Vu file. This process is not difficult. It is simply very, very manual. That said, it's kind of an assumption that I'm that I'm making here that in order if you're making a document filled with images and want to embed text into it, the process of embedding uh, of getting that text at all is going to be sort of manual. In other words, in order to get text out of an image, you have to transcribe it or run it through an OCR program or something like that, and then you have to process it after the OCR. So this is building something from the ground up. There still is not an option that I'm aware of where you could say, go into LibreOffice, type a document full of text, and then say, okay, I want to save this as a deja vu document and just do an export to deja vu. But there's a huge argument, I think, against wanting to do that at all. You, you, I don't believe that would be the, necessarily the correct use case of a deja vu, of, of the deja vu format. If you're saving a, a document where the, the central 
object of that document is the text, then I don't think there is a reason to use deja vu. In other words, why would you render a bitmap image of the text and then embed the text behind the image? That, that's that's not the intended use case, I don't think, of deja vu. Better for for your purposes would, would probably be EPUB, or if you're printing, then obviously PostScript or, or PDF, something like that would, would make a lot of sense for you. Otherwise, maybe plain text. Who knows? Or, or just maybe just its native format, which is ODT. Okay, so here's how to do what we are doing. So if you've got a maybe a historical document or some something, maybe calligraphy or something, something quite beautiful that you've done, but you also want there to be embedded text associated with that image, then you need two things. You need, one, the deja vu files. You need, you know, the images that are going to be the front-facing presentation. And then you need a text the text representation of of the data contained in that file. So you need the the text, the transcript, whatever you want to call it. And here's where it starts to get complicated. So embedding text in an image, generally, you or, or quite probably, you want to associate specific words with their specific text words to specific strings with the 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 image of the word in the image. So in other words, if you have a very beautiful thing that you've written and you've scanned it in and it contains the words hello world. That's that's your deja vu file, right? You have scanned it in, you've converted it to deja vu as detailed in the previous episode 2767 and now you so you've got this image file that says hello world on it, and you want to embed hidden text in the deja vu terminology, hidden text, such that if someone selects the region of hello, then they get the word hello in their clipboard. Or if they select the region of world, then they get world in their clipboard. Or if they select a region containing both, then they get the string hello world in their clipboard. So they can click in their little clipboard viewer manager and see the actual text behind the deja vu image, as it were. In order for that to happen, you're talking about bitmapping, right? You need to calculate where exactly the word hello, for instance, is within your within your image. In other words, you need the bounding box of the word. You need to know when in the GUI, when someone is selecting has has encompassed a certain group of pixels, what they're actually trying to do is grab the ASCII text, hello, or world, or both. Now, you can you can get that granular in, with deja vu files. You can do it, you, you can define regions per word. That is a lot of work. And you can kind of cheat by defining lines instead. And I find that to be a lot more uh, tolerable in terms of how much time and effort I'm spending on any one thing. So I'm going to go over how to define the lines, the the area of lines, rather than per word, although essentially it's the same thing. Now, the the most reasonable way that I can think to do this, and you don't have to do it this way, but I I find that this is the most realistic way. Uh, Unless you're defining literally one word, or maybe one line, but honestly, even then, I, I feel like I'd probably just do it the way that I'm going to show you. You can do it all in one command, but the way that I do it is I define a script file, or a, a deja vu said, I guess is what it would be, a script file. Not a complex file, and you can start with just an, you know, any old text file. Now you can also, if you have on hand 
a deja vu with embedded text, then you can you can extract the contents of that file and then sort of use that as a baseline or sort of a, a template. But I mean, honestly, I've done that now, so I'll put this in the show notes and and you can just use that if you want. You start out. I think it's just good practice to begin with three preliminary commands, which is select and then semicolon and then remove dash ant semicolon and then remove dash txt. And what those do is one selects the document, the next one removes annotations, remove dash ant is, is removing annotations, and then remove dash txt removes any existing hidden text from that file. I think that's probably just a good practice to make sure that you're not muddling up your deja vu file. And then the, 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 there's a set of stanzas that you are going to repeat for each probably each line, or rather for each page, rather. Sorry. So the the first part of the stanza is that you have to select a page that you are talking about. Syntax for that is, for instance, select page 004.deja vu. And by page, I mean like whatever your pages are called inside the deja vu file. So maybe p0004.deja vu. Now, unless you're you're doing this at the exact moment of creation of the document, you may not know all of the names of the pages that you need to manipulate. That's okay. You can get a list of all deja vu documents within a document, within a bundle, with deja vu said, so that's d-j-v-u-s-e-d, all one string, space, dash e to execute a command, and then single quote, select semicolon ls, close single quote, and then the name of the deja vu file. So I'm doing deja vu said dash e quote select semicolon ls, close semicolon test dot deja vu, and I get a 68 page document or a, a, a 68 item list in my terminal listing each page number. Now they're all named quite logically, p0001.deja vu, p0002.deja vu, and so on. That won't necessarily be the case for you. Maybe you didn't name them that way. Maybe you bundled them in a different order than sort of their natural order. That's okay, just keep that in mind. Keep in mind that your script that you're building to embed your text requires the name of the page rather than the just the page number. Okay, so going back to our little file here. So we have a select, and quote, p0004.dejavu, close quote. So that's selecting what we know to be page 4. And then the command, set-txt. After that command comes the data that you want to use with your command. So um, this is sort of a lispy kind of syntax, and it is open parentheses page, or bracket, rounded bracket, if you call it that. Uh, it's a parenthesis to me. So open parentheses and then the word page, because you are defining a page here. And then the x minimum and the y minimum value, and then the x maximum and the y maximum value. What does that mean? Don't worry, I'm going to tell you. It means that you're probably going to have zero and zero at the beginning. That's going to be your first two numbers, because your least the least value you will ever have in x is 0. So that's that's the bottom left of your bounding box for the page. You were defining the, the area of a page. So that's 0 and 0, meaning you're now at the bottom left. Now, quite probably, that is very different than what you are used to. Certainly me, if I think about all graphic applications I've ever used, I'm pretty sure I feel like the origin point is the top left, and then you sort of descend down the page from there. So your x value is to the right, your y value is down as it increases, and that's kind of what I'm used to. 
I, maybe I'm maybe I'm lying to myself, and I think that that's what I'm used to. When actually I'm used to other things as well. But that's that's kind of in my head. That's that's how it works. Now sometimes you will find an application that does the origin point at dead center, but I feel like normally it goes top left. Deja vu, or at least de- deja vu said, says that the bottom left is your origin point. So you have defined zero and zero as your 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 minimum values. That that is as far to the bottom and to the left as Deja Vu said can go and still be on the page. And then we're going to set values for the maximum values. And I'm going to use something uh, simple and fairly small just so that we can can talk about numbers and not really have to think too much about them. So I'm going to pretend like my document is 1,000 pixels wide and 1,000 pixels tall. We'll just go with that. So for our x our x maximum, we're going to put 1,000. And then for my y maximum, I'm going to put 1,000. So once again, Deja Vu said can go 0, 0 to the left and down and still be on the page. And then it can go 1,000 pixels over and 1,000 pixels up and still be on what we consider a page. Okay, so we don't close the parentheses. Don't do that, because we're still on the page, right? So next line, we'll open a new parentheses, and we'll do we'll do this by line. Now you can do this by word, but it's just too that's too much data for me to to bother with. I figure if someone wants a word out of a line, then they can just grab the whole line and edit it down themselves. That's my theory on this. So we'll open a parentheses and type in the word line. Now again, you can. You, you can actually define several different kinds of data data types. There are words, there are characters. You can get down to the character level. You can do it by line. You can, I think, do it by um, para, paragraph, by region. Just kind of like, yeah, you know, if you want that whole, if you if you want the text on this page, you're going to, if you select within this hot spot, you're going to get the whole region by my definition. That's fine. You can do that. Not a problem. And that's handy because uh, you can also define, I'm, I'm not going to go over it in this episode, I don't think, but um, you can define hyperlinks this way so that you can link back and forth between pages within Deja Vu. Okay, so the thing that we need here is, once again, we need X minimum, Y minimum, X maximum, Y maximum. And the way that I've been doing this is I open up a page in a little program called MTPaint. MT Paint is a really small application. That's kind of why I'm using it for this. It is a really, really basic. Well, I wouldn't say really basic, but it, it's it's pretty basic. It's it's really it kind of excels, I would say, at pixel art, and that's just kind of what it does. So I've been using it to look at the files, especially since they are kind of weird bitmap version or bitmap formats like PBM and PNM. I, I'm oh, I'm opening those up in MT Paint. I throw a grid over it, and the grid is is easily adjustable in MT Paint. And then I just use the grid to count up from the bottom of the page and then over, and and I use those as my coordinates. And I'm doing this pretty, pretty, pretty roughly, really. I don't I don't get down to you know I, I work in values of a hundred, and and I just I go with it. I just I, I don't care. Now you might have to get a little bit lower than 100 if you're doing like a, a text a, a page filled filled with text like lines and lines of text and you want to get 
down to the line level. If you're just doing paragraphs, though, uh, blocks of 100 should be fine. So if you do happen to be using MT Paint, that is um, mtpaint.sourceforge.net. It it is uh, Mark Tyler is is a guy who wrote this thing for based on GTK uh, Plus Toolkit version one and two. Runs on PCs uh, due to its efficient design. It can run on older PC hardware down to 200 megahertz CPU and 16 megabytes of free. RAM. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty small little application. Pretty easy to build, pretty quick to build. Doesn't have any re- real major requirements. It's 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 pretty nice. So that's mtpaint.sourceforge.net. You should check it out. So if you haven't been using that, then you can open your your bitmap in mtpaint and then go up to view down to configure grid. Give your grid whatever kind of color Will, you think will help you see it best. That's quite handy feature right there. And then uh, set the tile width to 100 and the tile height to 100. Click OK, and then you are looking at a grid overlaid on your document. Now remember to start from the bottom. That's the most. That's the thing that I, especially initially, I kept forgetting to do. So, so if I if I just count up to the word hello, then I can do okay. So that's. 100, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So that is, that's the 800 block is where I am. And I'm just going to actually use the selection tool within MT Paint to kind of mark exactly where, where I need to be. So that's the, that's the, the whole phrase, hello world. And I'm just doing it again by line. So that's 100, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, actually. So that's 600 is the, the barest minimum. 600 by, um, that, and that's the y value, and then 100 in. So I need to set my document to 100 minimum is, is x, x minimum is 100, and then y minimum is 600, because that's where we're starting. So we're, you kind of have to think in terms of bottom, Bottom left corners of quadrants, except for your x maximum and y ma- ma- uh, maximum, which again I've just kind of drawn this box so that I can keep track of where I am. But that's fine. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine is my x maximum, nine hundred, and then. Yeah, that's my X. Okay, so then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 100 is the Y maximum. So I've got 100, 600, 900, 800. It's a really, really bad array, if you ask me. Really difficult to kind of wrap your head around the the logic of that. Mixing the X and the Y like that is just... For me, that's difficult. But maybe for you, it'll come naturally. And then we can close our parentheses. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> then we open quote. Hello world is the text that we want the user to to get back if they select that region, right? So hello world. And then close parentheses, close parentheses. Okay. that's that That closes the line and it closes the page. And then we do a single dot on its own line to sort of bring that stanza to a close, I think. 
I, didn't, I haven't been able to, to find an exact definition of, of the syntax, but every example that I have found, that's kind of how it worked. So then you open, if you, if you have more text to do, then, or another page rather to do, then you can open the next, the next document, or the next, yeah, the next deja vu, deja vu file, or, uh, the, the, the next deja vu, yeah, file within the bundle, right? So select space quote, p0005.dejavu, close quote, next line, set text again, and then open parentheses, page, zero, zero, and then it's the same page size, because I've kept consistent, so 1,000 and 1,000, and then you would go back, you know, you would load that page into empty paint, you would find a line that you want to set as selectable, essentially, and let's Let's assume that um, it starts at I don't know why would it start anywhere else really, but let's let's pretend. And that is one of the good things. Like if if you're doing text, it, it does start to get a little bit predictable. You know, you, you kind of get this a sense for where the text is going to actually start, and so the numbers the numbers get easier to calculate after a while. And I feel pretty confident that the that. The 100 block for my X minimum is fine, but let's pretend like the text starts a little bit lower on this page. So 1, 2, 3, 4. We'll say 400 for the, the um, Y minimum. So it's the bottom of the, the cell that it, that it intersects with. And then we'll do the same, or rather we'll do um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6... 100 for the Y, so that's the second number, and then we'll do um, the same number for the X maximum, so it's 100, 400, 900, 600, and that moves us down, a little bit down the page, and we'll pretend like that said, hacker puppy radio. And that's it. I don't think we even need the the final dot for that one. Okay, so now we have a little we we have this myfile.dsed. D S E D is the extension that they seem to use for de deja vu sed. And we can apply that to our file by doing by issuing the command deja vu sed. That's D J V U S E D space dash f for file. So this is the file from which it is going to run a script. So we'll just do a dot slash my file d said, because that's what we just created. And then the dash s to save, and then test dot deja vu set, or um, test dot deja vu is the test file that I've been using. And it looks like it works. Now if you get feedback from that saying that there's a syntax error or something like that, Open up your script, check your parentheses, check your quota quotation marks, and and try again. Nine times out of ten, it's your your parentheses or your quotation marks. Using an editor that kind of manages or at least tracks parentheses for you helps a lot. And that's the workflow. That is how you can set you know you you map out from the bottom left. You map out the locations of either each word, or each character, or each line, or each paragraph, or each general region you want to set as a hitbox, and then, and then you set the text that sort of, quote-unquote, appears in that hitbox. 
and and remember that the hitbox it's not you know the, the text that you're stuffing inside of a hitbox does not does not relate to the size of the hitbox necessarily you can ha- you can have a, a region that is that is that's a bounding box for for three words and put six words in there if you want i don't know why you would want to but but you could you know it doesn't have to fit the text it just it just needs to be the spot that you want when people select that spot they get back some string of text okay so we've done that we've done that manually now not not a whole lot of fun admittedly there is another way and this other way is with a tool called Deja Vu Digital. And this, this doesn't just apply to hidden text. This actually applies to quite a lot of, of, you know, around Deja Vu. Because, as I said a couple of times now, there just aren't any tools built with Deja Vu as, as an anticipatable target. They don't think that you're going to export to Deja Vu. They're not going to save as Deja Vu. It, it just doesn't exist. That workflow is not popular enough to justify people programming into their applications. So that is not going to be found probably really anywhere. I mean, maybe you'll find it somewhere, but don't don't count on it. So certainly we all know that if you go up to almost any print menu, uh, at least on a Linux machine, that you can then go to print and you can print the page or the document or the, you know whatever you're looking at out as a PDF. And it does a pretty darn good job of encapsulating everything that you want within a document inside of that document. It just that's part of what it does, right? It it, it grabs the text and it places it into a PDF. And a lot of times it brings the text in as I guess hidden text within that file. So or, or maybe you're not even creating the PDF. Maybe you are inheriting a PDF with the text embedded into it because someone's already done the manual labor to make everything appear there. Now there is a tool called Deja Vu Digital. Deja Vu Digital is meant to convert a PDF to Deja Vu, part and parcel. So it, it, it takes the, the bookmarks or the outline, it takes the hidden text, and it takes the images and just makes it into a Deja Vu file. Does it work 100% all of the time? No, not all of the time. Sometimes your Deja Vu is is grossly larger than the PDF file size-wise. Or may, maybe it dropped some hidden text. It couldn't keep track of where the text was supposed to be in the file, and so it dropped it. So it's not a perfect solution, but it is something, if you're trying to use Deja Vu more frequently, it is something that you might be able to use to convert something that is easy to get out of a, a of an application for you by printing to PDF, convert that to Deja Vu quickly, easily, without really thinking about it. And it comes with Deja Vu Libre, the tool chain for Deja Vu work. But it is not out-of-the-box functional. That seems odd, right? Well, it is odd, and it's a little bit annoying, but it's down to licensing. The the Ghost Script plugin released by AT&T to manipulate the Deja Vu file format is licensed under the CPL. The CPL has demands that go against the demands of the GPL, which GhostScript is licensed under. So the Deja Vu people, the Deja Vu Libre people, cannot release a build of GhostScript Deja Vu, because if they were to do that, they would be unable to fulfill the CPL requirements. They can't do both. Their default license is the GPL, so they're releasing as much as they have 
under the GPL with a link to where you can go get the GS Deja Vu plugin, the Ghost Script plugin. In other words, you have to you have to compile this yourself. It's not a difficult compile. I've done it on two systems. It was very simple. They have a very, very good build script that helps you through the process. So it, it really is not a bad... If, you know, in terms of, of getting this done, this is probably the best the best possible scenario, to be honest. It's, it's, it's quite nicely done. Okay, so let's talk about how to do that in, I don't know, six easy steps. So zero... First, you have to prepare your system for development, right? You, you have to get your computer ready to compile code. If, if your computer did not come with software building tools pre-installed, you need those on your, on your system. If you're using Slackware, you've already got it. If you're using Fedora, you can do something like sudo dnf group install at c-development. That should bring in all the GCC stuff that you need, I think. On Ubuntu, you can do a sudo apt-get install, or maybe just apt now, apt-install build-essential. That should do it. So, those are big downloads, like gigabyte, two gigabyte type downloads. That, that'll put a lot of stuff on your computer, and it's all, all the compilers and code building stuff that you need. So, that's step zero. Next step, step one, you have to download GoScript Deja Vu. That is GS DJ, D, DJVU. So it's the driver for GhostScript to be able to talk to Deja Vu. You can get that from sourceforge.net slash projects slash Deja Vu slash files slash GSD, all capitals, lowercase j, capital V, lowercase u slash, uh, currently 1.10 is the one, well, is the one that you'll, you'll, you'll look for. So that's that's where you can get G- GS Deja Vu. Keep in mind when you're on that page, you're you're downloading GS Deja Vu, not Deja Vu Libre. Presumably you already have Deja Vu Libre. So you need GS Deja Vu. I'm saying this because on the page, the big bright green button sort of near the top just gives you Deja Vu Libre. So you need to go down to the file section on the page and look for the the specific the GS, GS Deja Vu download, which is in a, a folder, like in a subdirectory. Um, in this case, again, as of this recording, it's 1.10. It doesn't change often, so it'll probably be that for quite a while. So once you've downloaded that, you move on to step two. And step two is to unarchive the file that you've just downloaded. You can do that. That's easy. Tar XVF, or if you prefer the long options, tar dash dash extract dash dash file gs deja vu dash 1.10 dot tar dot gz and then go ahead and cd into that directory so cd gs deja vu dash 1.10 okay third step is to create a directory called build all capital letters that is uh, sort of hard coded into the expectations of the build script so don't don't get creative, don't get lazy. I sometimes just create, like if I'm doing C++ stuff, I just create a directory called B, or BLD, because the vowels are too much trouble to... No, don't do that. Build, all capital letters. And then again, CD into build. Next step, what are we on, four now? Uh, you need to download the additional source packages that you're going to need in order to 
actually compile this thing because it needs to compile against other libraries. The the absolute the 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 comp- this is all written out in the README, so you can get like links and stuff from the README. But you absolutely have to download GhostScript. You you need that because it's going to compile against GhostScript, and it wants that in the same folder in the build folder. All the other ones are optional. Specifically, you need JPEG source, you need libpng, you need openjpeg, and zlib, zlib. Um, if you don't download those into the build folder, then the build script will look on your system to see if you have versions of, the, of that code on your system. I happened to have versions of all of those things on my Slackware system, so I did not bother downloading them, and it compiled fine. If you're not sure, if you're nervous about it, whatever, download those, get the the exact versions that the readme file specifies, download those into the build directory, and and then you'll be ready to go. Okay, so the next step, I think we're on step 5 now, right? Uh, Run this build script. It is called build-gs-deja-vu. It is an excellent script. It is a little bit interactive, you'll have to answer some questions... It, I think it warns you that you're doing something that that cannot be redistributed. You know, this is the kind of thing that you're doing in the privacy of your own home. No one will ask any questions as long as you keep it in in your own home. Don't 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 go redistributing this file because it does not want you to do that. The the licenses you cannot comply with both licenses, so you will not you are not able to redistribute this. Okay. Once you've you've understood all of that, you can kind of go through the script. And it'll it'll confirm a couple of things, and then it'll build. It doesn't take long, and it, it really is a very smart little script. It seems to do a lot of work on its own, so just kind of sit back and let it go. Now, when it finishes, you're ready for the sixth step or whatever we're on. And, yeah, I think six steps, right? That's what I said? No, seventh step? I don't know. Whatever step we're on now, yeah, this is it. This is the last one, and that's to install it. You can install it anywhere in your path. If you don't know what your path is, you can do an echo dollar sign path and pretty much find out. The place where I usually put it, usually being the twice, the, the two times that I've done it, but the, the place that I think it makes sense to be put is slash USR slash local. And I say that because slash USR slash local is kind of an area meant for, you know, to exist outside of your outside of your package manager. I mean, it's not necessarily because some package managers actually do install the user local, so it's kind of a little bit of a fuzzy gray area, and I don't think it's actually defined anywhere super, you know, really strictly. But I, I, at least I, the way I manage my user local is that I do tend to keep, like, the unofficial stuff in there. You could also put it in opt. You could put it in your home folder somewhere. You know, just whatever you think is a valid, logical place for it to go, as long as it's in your path, pretty much works. Here's how I do it anyway. sudo cp-r build inst gs deja vu. It is a directory that has just gotten built inside of the inst directory, meaning the install directory, and then copy that to slash usr slash local slash, for instance, lib64. Lib if you're on 32-bit. Maybe lib if you're on a system that doesn't use the 64 suffix, I don't know. And then you can cd into slash user slash local slash bin and do a sudo ln dash s 
dot dot slash lib sixty four gs deja vu slash gs deja vu space gs deja vu. So you're linking a thing called gs deja vu within user local bin. So that's the executable to an actual thing over in dot dot slash lib sixty four or rather if I give absolute paths slash user slash local slash lib sixty four slash gsdjvu slash gsdjvu and then you're ready now you're ready to go if you execute the command deja vu digital against a pdf it will convert that pdf into a deja vu file there are a couple of different options that you'll want to keep track of or or be aware of anyway there is a dash dash lines option meaning that if you if you do the dash dash line it will uh it will pull out lines of text from from your pdf and transfer them into into your deja vu file so again that that extracts text from the postscript code and incorporate incorpor- incorporates it into your deja vu file now if you do dash dash words that extracts text from the postscript code and incorporate, incorporates the, Im, the, the information into your deja vu file, locate, recording the location of each and every word. You may need to do that. You may want to do that. Um, you might have to play around a little bit depending on how the PDF was built and some of the idiosyncrasies of the format. Sometimes you'll lose a line if you just say, hey, just give me the lines. Don't worry about every word. So, You'll have to play it by ear. Again, I haven't I haven't done it all that often yet anyway, myself, but it's something for you to look at and play around with. And if you're if you do it and you find that maybe uh that this word has gotten sort of lost in the mix, or this line is is missing, or this whole paragraph is missing, then then do the dash dash words. So the full command, just to be clear, is deja vu digital, let's say dash dash words and then foo.pdf, foo.dejavu. It's pretty verbose. It will spit out a bunch of output into your terminal, let you know what it's doing, and in the end, you'll find a foo.dejavu file with, ideally, hidden text in it that you can uh, select and copy and paste out of your deja vu file uh, rather logically, so that if you're selecting a word in a, in a file... You know, you're selecting a graphical word. You actually get the, the, the text of that word in your clipboard. So it, it makes it pretty easy. Is it weird at all, you might wonder, to use PDF as a way to get away from PDF? I think that's a valid question, but I, I don't think it's necessarily the correct question all of the time. Because sometimes you're, you're, you're only using PDF because that is what your applications are giving you. So if you have created a PDF and then you are finding yourself converting that PDF to Deja Vu, it may seem silly until you realize that the applications that you have are giving you a PDF. Like, that's the that's the output that it provides you with. So that's a, a valid reason to be using PDF as a stepping stone away from PDF, just because that's the only game in town right now. That's what you get. But it's, and it's worth, it's worth noting, I guess, that sometimes PDF is, is the format that you actually do want. Deja Vu is not, I don't think, a, a, 
a, a drop-in replacement for PDF. It does serve a different function. It, it fills a different need. And it would not make sense necessarily to convert everything to Deja Vu. I mean, just as much, frankly, as it doesn't really make sense to convert everything to PDF, it doesn't make sense to convert everything to Deja Vu. There are, there are places for CBZs, there are places for EPUBs, there are places for Deja Vu, and there's even a place for PDF, and it's called the Print Shop, and it's also called when other people that you are dealing with in real life have nothing else installed except anything that reads PDFs, which is practically every application out there. And that's it, I think. That's everything I've got on Deja Vu. I hope it was helpful and informative. Good luck if you're using Deja Vu. Have a good time with it. If you find out about any cool tools that I have not mentioned, please let me know. I'm curious. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.